Hello. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Here again, Naziati Muhammad Yaqob, your host for Talk Architecture. I am doing the second part of um, the topic on portfolio review or the examination at the end of the semester where the head of department utilized the staff of architecture to verify the marks or the grades. When I start listening again to the first part, it got a bit um, bogged down in details. So this time around, I want to take a step back and look at the examination processes. Or more specifically, the, the assessment of architecture programs. Why the need to have a grading system? Now, the grading system um, is necessary. Uh, for the CGPAs. So architecture as a course needed to be the same like other courses where there is a grade point CG, uh, well, cumulative grade point average or grade point average at the end of the semester because we opt for the semester system from the term system. This was some time ago. And um, let's face it, most architecture schools are located or run by universities. They get funding from universities. So architecture is either part of the design school or part of the planning and built environment school. So depending on the university and people who run it and um, higher education is getting to be a business and, and becoming a bit more, much more complicated when there is ranking systems. And, um, this is other side stories and the bigger picture of things. I mean, the bigger, uh, complexity of things, really, uh, with regard to higher education system and why there is this, this need for um, the way that we assess things because of the uh, semester system. I think it started uh, when I first um, entered uh, the, the, the university that I'm teaching in now in the 90s. It started in the 90s, the mid-90s, we were, we were not, there was, there was no ranking system by TH, uh, Times Higher Education Supplement or QS, uh, rankings. Uh, you don't, it comes later in the 2000s. So, yeah, it, it became much more prominent later. I mean, when I was doing my PhD, um, it was just started and that was in the early 
or mid 2000s. Now, what happens now is that um, the focus is, or the um, depending on the university, how they would conduct this um, key performance indicators for staff. Uh, to me, we can negotiate that if we're really interested in architecture education. And when if we're really interested in just um, promotion and um, I don't know self interest, yeah. If we're interested in, um, in that game, we can do very well in that as well because you know, architecture schools are part of university establishments. So, but m- many of us came into architecture education. That, that I understand from purely wanting to share our knowledge with uh, young people or students of architecture. And uh, I may be, I may be uh, leaning towards that ideal, that idea of um, trying to share my knowledge with the younger people, trying to, trying to, um, how do you call it? Yeah? Is it altruistic? Um, you know, the wanting uh, to improve on myself and wanting to develop um, a better program every semester. I, I was inclined to do so, and I that's what I believe I did all these years. Um and I, I think that many of us entered into teaching because teaching uh, is not, it's not, um, don't pay that much in my country. Um, but it is a st- stable job if you're in a civil service or uh, part of a public university. They don't have tenure like they do in, um, in Western countries. Uh, such as in United States of America, um, but in a way, um, um, one could just uh, do minimum and do more administrative work um, and survive and not be. Uh, there's no reason to to um, you know, to leave or there's no reason. One, you don't want to leave because it's a good job. It good pays, you know, uh, well in the sense that um, you get to apply for grants, do research. I mean, if you love being an academic. I've always had to struggle with the administrative part because I don't really like the politics of uh, in the universities. And um, it's it's something that is uh, I, I do talk about these things in the part uh, in my Instagram, my personal Instagram, but not even reveal much anyway. But in general, I don't really like the administrative part of of uh, working in the university. I rather go for the research. Uh, part and I think I managed to do some social enterprise with the universal 
design bus stop, the latest one and other uh, projects, research projects. So anyway, you see the educator, the academic that runs the architecture program follows what is required. Follow the instructions given. So you have a portfolio review. And um, in most cases, students of architecture that went through the program uh, who, who would not, uh, you know, who would do projects that are following the program, there would, you know, there wouldn't be any controversies. But in the past, um, although the student of architecture believed that they, they did a satisfactory program, but if there's any controversy, it could be due to philosophical debates on what is architecture or what is the minimum requirement. Hence, you know, in the portfolio review process, a student can be downgraded. There are many students who have their grades upgraded because maybe the the studio master um, did well in trying to get grade and sorted. And the portfolio review panel on behalf of the head of department would uh, see that it should be upgraded due to some arguments. I mean, the argument could be that the students had more drawings. You know, when, when they say the student had more drawing or better pretty picture or better perspective, this led me to 1980 when I got frustrated. <laughs> well, I knew that I did not draw as well as the, the person who got the A's or the A minuses at that time. I was a C plus student in the 1980s, the early 80s, when I was studying in um, a public university in Malaysia. And I knew that architecture was more than just being a very good illustrator. And uh, I got what I wanted when I went overseas to the UK, when I went to a school that was strong on theory at that time. And um, I learned more about theory of architecture, history of architecture, and, I, and 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 later on, I wasn't conscious of this anymore because I was doing my thing. Right when I returned back to Malaysia in nineteen ninety one, um, after working and also studying overseas uh, to my part two level, RIBA part two, and. Um, and I started teaching in one of the public universities in the south of Malaysia for three years. So, so what I'm trying to say is taking a step back at how I wanted to be an academic. When I sit there listening to upgrading or downgrading a student after 14 weeks of managing and assisting the students from start conceptual design to detailed design and seeing how much challenges the student um, faced and 
how it is that we we give the grade accordingly to what we think the students should be receiving. And that suddenly in the portfolio review panel, the students, not this is not only one student, but there were quite a few students who would downgrade it. And uh, it, it felt like what it felt like the world is turned upside down in a way because um, much of the work of a learning is done, um, you know, you know, when you say it's not what you see, it's what you feel, right? And if you encounter other human beings in interaction, studio interaction, it could be um, interim crits with external critiques coming out from from outside and um, conversations that you have with your lecturer, um, with the team of uh, studio tutors, the conversations and how you make decisions about architecture, the processes from beginning to the end is part of the whole, um, uh, you call it formative assessment. You know, you, we, we don't grade crits on the desk or in the studio or the group discussion or interim crit, we just get great progress in the interim crit. So the student understood that they could take away some interesting uh, points, which they could make better decision about their design. So that is, is in itself sort of a skill for them to, uh, that they have obtained and knowledge in the architecture feel which has been shared and how they worked it out from start to finish. And that in itself is an A, right? It's like a brilliant development that the student went through. So, but we don't give them an A, obviously, at the end, because there is some sort of prescription on how you look at their work and they could do better. So you give them like a A- minus or a B plus. And then during portfolio review, we felt very much that it's a B plus, but doing portfolio review is downgraded, yeah, to the to the borderline, and I see some injustice being done to the students. Um, it's because you know it's just that moment in time, that couple of hours, when other people review for the head of the department and deem that the students should be downgraded. How unfair is that, right? So why I'm illustrating it the way that I'm illustrating it, uh, then asking asking question, is a portfolio review necessary? It's because it is, yeah, I said it earlier that it was a farce in terms of teaching and learning that the students are downgraded. But then let's think of it like pass and fail. Like in the Architecture Association School, right, is purely pass or fail, meaning that they call it reviews. Jury is the one that is like the inter- interim crits. And then, then you have this um, assessment by the tutors. You call it reviews. At the end of the day, you look at it, you look at the student's work, have they passed or have they failed? And then in the AA school, and I'm sure in, there are schools like that, um, where, um, where you know you you are up to up to the standard or you're not. So it it becomes then the 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 debate or the justification whether you pass lies a lot on the tutor that guided you. 
Now, even in the PhD examination or the doctoral examination in the United States of America, as I understand it, the, what the supervisor of the student have to say regarding the student's performance or um, progress or development, the summative assessment is important as well as the formative assessment judge at the end of the process, which is something they call the verbal examination or the viva. So in a way, architecture education has that. And in particular, the fifth year where you have a uh, design thesis, which uh, is similar to the doctoral engagement or doctoral assessment in a way that, um, you know, it's either you pay, you, you, you pass or you fail. If you pass, maybe it's a minor uh, correction or maybe it's a major correction. So it's not like B minus, B, B plus, A minus, you know, it's, it's very quantitative the way that we're doing it rather than qualitative. And there's something wrong about voting, uh, the process of, you know, uh, voting whether the students pass or fail because you disregard the tutor that has guided the student from beginning to the end. Why is that you disregard what they believe that the student should uh, get? So that's why both of these things, one is the grading system and another thing is the way we look at architecture education and um, the, the, the way we assess uh, architecture students' work. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm veering towards the fact that the tutor should have a lot more leverage and negotiation, uh, what do you call it, power and decision-making of, uh, on the grades eventually. It seems impossible, you know, the system where you have all this minuses and plus and um, very quantitatively look at the work of the students and dismissing the the grading of the supervisor and in the especially in the fifth year when um it is a thesis uh, compared to the final project uh, for the projects in the first the fourth year maybe you know compared to those other projects that it is uh, more quantifiable or more clearly seen what is deemed to be um, the different grades. So maybe, you know, uh, pass and fail is, is more for the design thesis in, a, in, a, in this situation. So um, therefore, I, my argument is regarding, uh, in summary for this podcast, I'm arguing that the portfolio review is unnecessary because it doesn't um it, it goes against the um the spirit of learning it goes against the um the the the, the, the design thesis aspiration and exploration of the topic and uh, complexities can be found design complexities can be in the very detail or in the master planning um, the complexities could be interdisciplinary. It's not only to do with building or um, um, uh, uh, in 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 the in in 
building integration and services and structure is also to do with um, design, architecture design itself. So there is like a chance to actually put it right, but we're going backwards when we try to um, uh, put architecture in a box that uh, architecture design should be just behind the boundaries or um, just accommodation of, you know, 10,000 square meters, you know, or, you know, giving that sort of complexity in the, those terms. Uh, the physical terms, there's not so much aspects of architecture, like environmental, social, cultural, um, um, financial, you know, there's so many aspects of architectural uh, that one could um, look at and um, designing systems rather than designing um, design thinking is one thing system thinking is another thing where students of architecture actually studied a lot uh, and this is not being addressed you know and if you want to see the complexities of how the student address the student could um, you could look into um, the, the the reports maybe and and not just uh, view the drawings and assume so therefore there is a sense of justice that is needed when one uh, reviews students work um, at the end of the semester so with that I I would like to conclude this podcast for us to think about architecture education and how um, institution of higher learning is becoming big business and um, how that affects um, the system that we created, how that affects certain um, programs. And today we focus on the architectural education programs in schools of architecture. And uh, does that, does that really uh, uh, imply or could lead to different discussions um, such as um, employability of architecture graduates and confidence and skills and knowledge to tackle um, and to move forward after uh, the final year and so on. We could, I mean, this was discussed in different parts before, but there could also be this situation where why uh, are architecture graduates not earning as much um, as not it's not they are not earning uh, as much as their counterparts overseas for Malaysian architecture graduates for example is it the employer sees that they don't have the confidence and the skills um and um well we there was also a debate that even school uh architecture association school of architecture graduates not getting the pay that that would commensurate with with uh the school that they were graduating from but i think at the end of the day that that will really um that's still something that we need to look into part by part, but uh, I would like to put it down today to the portfolio review 
and how the examination process, how the examination done. And a review is like a reflection of what the student did and how, whether the student did well. And that should be a fair assessment. It should be um, justified and not something that is left to personal interpretation. So with that, I thank you for listening. Till the next time, please. Bye.